श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय हरि नाम प्रभु की जय ओ भक्त वृंद की जय ओ प्रेम आनंदे So this morning we'll engage in some explanation and um glorification of Shri Krishna Nam Shri Nam Nam Mahima and um this in light of the fact that we are joyfully assembled to uh, extend the blessing for formally uh em- embarking upon the culture of the uh, Krishnanushilanam the uh, love of Krishna and this in the context of the primary uh, uh, form of practice uh, that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself established that of um, invoking the name and in particular he um, mandated that his students chant the uh, Hare Krishna Mahamantra Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare and and then also with the diksha diksha is is um is the formal uh, initiation wherein the name uh, is imparted in the context of a particular mantric uh, formula hmm? and um it uh, then affords one eligibility for uh archan and it very much uh, serves to facilitate the culture of, of sharanagati and the completion of sambandha gyan mm. um diksha falls under the category of sambandha gyan sambandha gyan means knowledge of relationship so there's the theoretical and then the realization of such so diksha is, a, is is kind of a a uh, something that uh, has a beginning and it has a, a completion that it, that it arrives at hmm? wherein the sambandha is is realized in one's bhakti is fully informed we call it bhava bhakti so embarking on initiation is is uh, beginning of a course that it takes some time to complete initiation in english of course means beginning diksha means to impart the divya gyan divine knowledge in a mantric kind of formula <clears throat> so that's one thing and one of the, our students will receive that and one more beginning uh, blessing for chanting the holy name and um Uh, this is very significant because um it is mentioned of course that the name of krishna is independent because why the name is non different from krishna and krishna is fully independent so the name does not depend upon anything in order for um nam prabhu to reveal himself hmm? and to make this point the scripture goes as far as saying that uh, he the name is not dependent upon diksha hmm? and so some people of course take it to mean that who needs a guru we just chant hari krishna hmm? scripture itself says this but um this is not the proper understanding because after all um it has also been mentioned that, that there are offenses that can be committed while chanting the holy name hmm. there are there is there is something that we call nam aparad or chanting uh uh while at the same time committing offenses to the name then there's something called nam abhas which is Uh, a a shadow of the uh of pure chanting that is devoid of offense 
that means but but it's not pure in a, in a positive sense hmm? so the, that that comes to the shudhanam hmm? and these things have been these these different uh, expressions of the name namaparad namabhas and shudhanam have been theologized about uh, by Thakur Bhakti Vinod in uh, more recent times over the last century um, or in the last century and um, uh, he spoke quite elaborately about it and differentiated between for example Namabhas and Shraddha Namabhas so Namabhas is something that's mentioned in the scripture in the Bhagavatam uh, Shraddha Namabhas is kind of a theologizing about it that one who has faith hmm, and is practicing on the basis of that faith, has eligibility on the basis of the faith, um, their chanting may, will come to the point of being free from offense and that will constitute kind of a dawning, if you will, of the the, the the appearance of the son of Krishna in one's um, life, and so he talks about it as a stage. This is a little different than it's been talked about in my previous acharyas, but he has um, qualified the idea of namabhas as a stage by referring to it as shraddha namabhas. Hmm? In other words, for someone on the path, they're chanting, they want to avoid offenses and so forth, and so they come to this. Um, Kind of stage this like like this light out in the morning. You don't see the sun yet, but you know it's coming. Hmm. So um, from there, then the sun rises, and one under- really understands, realizes, I should say, the difference. There's no difference between the name and 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 Krishna. There's no difference, but there is a difference. The difference is what that the name is said to be more generous than the form. Hmm. The named and the name are one and the same, but the name is more generous than the named. Hmm? We find this example actually in the Brahma Vimohan Lila in one sense because Brahma offended the form of Krishna, hmm? the person of Krishna, the named. We haven't got to that section yet, but we've talked about it a little bit. Um, he came and, I mean, he stole Krishna's calves. <laughs> <laughs> and Krishna's friends, that's certainly an affront to the person, uh, Krishna. And, um, of course, he had certain purpose in mind and defensive nature that is mitigated to some extent uh, consideration of his, 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 his thinking, but nonetheless, um, he was culpable. And so, this is Brahma. Brahma is the, like, perfect Brahman, Hmm. and very civilized, cultured, learned person. And, uh, of course, he, he mistook Krishna uh, because he saw him behaving in ways that were not Brahminical, but rather kind of uncivilized. And uh, and the gods were making, were, were glorifying him, and Brahma's thinking, what, what's going on in the world here? The gods are glorifying, uh, you know, some ordinary person maybe even an impersonator of my guru, hmm? who like, looks kind of like my guru, but he's, he's, he's a little different right now. So anyway, we've been hearing about this. And, and the net result here is relative to our, the point is that Brahma made some offense to the person, Krishna, arguably to the, the named. Hmm? And so it's, it's, it's um, reasoned in Gaudiya Vaishnavism that, that Brahma took birth as, as a as an outcast in Hindu society, hmm, as a result of his uh, offense, hmm. and that outcast was named later Haridas hmm, uh, by Advaita. I believe he became student of Advaita, hmm, Advaita Acharya, um, and he was dubbed or named by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Nam Acharya. He who, in my group, he said, uh, teaches by example the efficacy of the name. Hmm? And so the point being that he offended the form of the person of Krishna, but the name still 
extended himself. In the form of his name, the person extended himself to Haridas. Hmm? And he became glorious and is veritably our, our teacher hmm? with regard to the, to the chanting. Indeed, at the end of his life, um, Thakur Haridas had uh, one desire, that he would leave the world with his uh, eyes fixed on the lotus face of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu granted him that, and upon his departure from the mortal frame, that frame, that body, which was considered to be, by Hindu standards, an untouchable body, was embraced by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who personally carried the body of Thakur Haridas, danced with it, and then with his own hands dug the in the sand in Jagannath Puri the the samadhi hmm, the or began to at least um, that that his form would be placed within and that became a worshipable place the implication of that of course is that the efficacy of the nam is so um, far reaching that even uh, the, the manifest karma we call prarabdha, which is already bearing fruit, hmm, uh, can be um, removed by the chanting of the holy name. Uh, it's said that jnana, knowledge, transcendental knowledge, being the antithesis of ignorance, and ignorance being the root of our karmic implications in, in material life, hmm, when, with the ingress of transcendental knowledge, then our material life is uprooted hmm? and all the karma is removed except for the manifest karma. Hmm? After all, your manifest karma is, I'm the mother, I'm, I'm the daughter of so-and-so. Hmm? I'm the son of so-and-so. Um, I'm born in Poland. I'm born in Finland. This is your parabda karma. How can you change that? Hmm? So it's, it's reasoned and well in Gyanmarg that everything but the Parabdha karma is removed and then the Parabdha karma plays itself out and then that's called death. And then the, the Jivan Mukta, the liberated soul in the mortal frame who just has, has, has experienced the ingress of transcendental wisdom and has realized, hmm, just waits for and witnesses the manifest karma to play itself out hmm, and doesn't plug into it so to speak, and create further karmic reactions and so forth. And when it plays out, that we call death, and and that uh, jivan mukta becomes videha mukta. It enters into, uh, for example, into Brahman and Gyanmarg, which is the ideal of, of the Ganis. But in Bhakti Marg of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the which is so much focused on the practice of 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 chanting the name, this is the central practice. The, um, the glory of bhakti and the glory of name in particular. It said, as I mentioned, that bhakti can remove the parabdha karma and the examples that are given, that are cited from the Bhagavatam are examples of the limb of bhakti uh, known as kirtanam, chanting. So, particularly with regard to the chanting in the context of bhakti, there is the, we, we find the power to remove the parabdha karma. Hmm? That's very extraordinary. In other words, Mahaprabhu was saying Thakur Haridas' body is worshipable. It's not a bundle of Prabhda karma, hmm? but it's worshipable. But then you might reason or question, well, wait a minute, how did I change who my father was and who my mother was, which is my Prabhda karma, of course. That, and Mahaprabhu, of course, has answered that. Diksha Kale, he said, at the time of Diksha, we get a spiritual body. Hmm? He's referring to this body, the Sadakadeya, Hmm? which is now coming under the guidance of the teacher, hmm? is, uh, is to be utilized and, and, and lived within, exercised within certain parameters. So the guru will give this kind of guidance. Don't do this and don't do that. Stay within these parameters. Hmm? And um, it's like uh, if someone... Uh, declares bankruptcy because they have used their credit card so much that they're just working to pay the credit card debts. They have no money to go to the movies or, or anything. Hmm? Um, so, 
So they declare bankruptcy, and then the court appoints an attorney, and the court protects you and says, okay, you know, you have the creditors, and we're going to negotiate with them. We're going to pay part of it, and they're going to get something, and you're going to have a life. So you live within those parameters. You pay something down, and and you still have some money for the movies and other things. And then, uh, and then the debt is paid. So, so when we come under the shelter of the Vaishnav Guru and Gaudiya Vaishnavism, this is the idea, similar idea. Um, uh, and and we, so we live within certain parameters. And the full measure of the karma that we would have acquired or are due to acquire will not come. And the Prabhu will be removed. But how will the Prabhu be removed? Because how? Because he says, at the time of initiation, you get a spiritual body. He's talking about what I've referred to in some of our earlier discussions, the sadaka deha. Sadaka means practitioner, and deha means body. So there's the practitioner's body, and then there's this internal perfect body for participating in the leela, a meditative body. Hmm? Um, That develops out of spiritualizing the sadaka deha, living within the parameters and uh, given by the guru, and gradually what happens is that our body, made up of senses and mind, hmm, become absorbed only in sense objects that are um, uh, related to in the context of serving Krishna. Hmm. Taking prasadam, seeing the deity, using the eyes to read the book, and so on and so forth or for pra- practical services, we may have to do many things, but for like, like the tortoise reaches his arms out and pulls them in when there's nothing to do. When there's something to do for Krishna, we can interact with the world, and otherwise we meditate on him, something like that, or for the service of our guru. And so gradually this becomes, um, we become so absorbed, hmm, the sadhaka day, and as the sadhaka day is becoming... Uh, like I said, I've described it before as a, as a work in progress, becoming spiritualized hmm, due to not having material kind of contact in, in a sense. Proportionately, this siddhadeya, this meditative body, the capacity to, to cultivate it, to culture it, it's a subjective meditative body. It's, um, it's, 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 it's developed... It's a, it's, it's a, the, its development is a culture of bhava, which is what bhakti proper is. Hmm? So it takes some time for this hmm, to come, and the, the, the time will be spent fully engaging or endeavoring to fully engage my sadhaka deya. So the point is what? That how you will change your parabdha karma, who is your father, who is your mother? Hmm? At a certain point in the culture of bhakti, the krishnanushilam, this ongoing culture, hmm? you will start to realize. They will come at first like this. Nanda Maharaj is my father. Jashoda Mai is my mother. Hmm? They are the, the king and queen of the cowherds. Hmm? And they are the personification, the, the ultimate the paradigmatic figures of Vatsalya Rasa. Everybody in Vrindavan more or less thinks, Nanda is my father. And Yashoda is my mother. And they have their own fathers and mothers, too. That's a further detail, hmm? further development out of the, uh, of the Bhava Deha. Hmm? You can't have a form there hmm, in the Leela without having relatives and so on and so forth. This is all coming out of Bhava. It's not something that's produced because those Bhavas are already existing, but they take a particular uh, shape, hmm? In due course, this is of course the advanced stages of of bhakti. But the point is what that the uh, the devotee becomes uh, perfect in their sadhana. That means their sadhaka deha becomes perfected, hmm? and they attain uh, asakti. They attain ruchi, higher stage of sadhana, taste for bhakti, and then asakti. A taste for the object of bhakti, which is Krishna in a particular form, as my friend, as my lover, so forth, with particular qualities and so forth. And then one graduates from sadhana bhakti and enters into what's called bhava bhakti, or bhakti in ecstasy. And in that bhakti in ecstasy, then, your parabdha karma is finished, 
Hmm? All your, well, the, the karma is finished, and you have now you have a different father, a different mother, and you 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 you, you think uh, in the very in a basic sense, Nanda is my father, Yasu is my father, and it will develop further, hmm? uh, particulars and so forth. So. Um, it's a way of saying, even the parabda is is removed, and one and this becomes one's real identity. Now you have another identity. I'm the mother. I'm the daughter of so and so, the son of so and so. I'm from this background, and and so on and so forth. And then there's this muzak in the back. That's my spiritual life <laughs> that has to change, reverse out. Hmm? And that I, from this family in this country, that becomes Muzak, and and it, it's in the background. You don't even hear it half the time. Hmm? And what you are is a becoming. Hmm? We are being and and becoming. And the becoming is this is different than the Gan Mark because the be- be- becoming is always going on. Hmm? Prem is is always full and increasing at the same time. Hmm? So. Bhakti has the power to remove all all the karma. It's it, it, it's very powerful, hmm? um, and nam in particular, and nam manifests in these three forms as nama parad, nama bhas, and shudhanam. We're interested in the shudhanam, but from Bhakti Manotakura's perspective, as he's speaking about these a little differently than the Bhagavatam does, but reasonably. Um, as stages, we have to progress from Nama Parad to Nama Bas to Shudhanam. Hmm? And for this, we need guidance, indeed, with regard to the offenses, of which there are ten. What is the first one? The first offense is, well, first offense in its, is Sadhu Ninda to offend the Vaishnav, um, and then what's the second one? I mean, it doesn't really have to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, but um, the second one I'm thinking of, anyway, it's probably listed as the third, is Guru Avagya. So to offend the Vaishnavas and to disregard the Guru, these are very much related because obviously our Guru is a Vaishnav also, and he or she has associates. And uh, and we will have associates, both superiors and and peers, and um, as well um, understudies or those who are um, less advanced than ourselves. And all these Vaishnavas have to be cared, uh, regarded appropriately, appropriate to their their position and so forth, and should not be offended. And and the guru, in, in particular, of course, should not be offended or disregarded. So. If it is an offense to disregard the guru, hmm? you understand my point? Even though the name is independent of initiation, it, that fact cannot be interpreted to mean that I will chant the name and I don't need the guru, because that will constitute guru avagya, dis- disregarding the guru, hmm? who's the bearer of the name and who we learned from the fact that Nam is independent of Diksha. <laughs> so we cannot avoid that person. We cannot disregard that, that person. Hmm? In fact, there's nowhere or uh, uh, no greater pertinent uh, manifestation of Krishna in our lives than the form in which he comes to us uh, as, as Sri Guru. So we should pay uh, much attention there. And... Hmm. So, we're gathered to give the blessing for chanting the holy name. Hmm? Some people say, well, you, anybody can chant the holy name. They don't need a guru for that. They need it just for diksha. Hmm? So this is a, kind of an in-between argument. Hmm? Some say you don't need it for diksha. You could just get the mantra from a book now. It's a modern society. Get it on the internet and so forth. These gurus used to hoard these books and nobody could get them except them. And so then they made a living, something like that. This is a diff- wrong understanding of how this knowledge proceeds. Hmm? This is the, the, the Divya Gyan is a different kind of knowledge. You can go to the university and you can collect knowledge and put it in your file and you can pull it out when it's convenient for you to, for your purposes. 
But this kind of knowledge, Divyagyan, we find that it has a purpose of its own, an agenda of its own, and that we're on that agenda. Hmm? And that's very different. Then rather than knowledge being part of my agenda that I will use for my purpose, this knowledge has a purpose of its own, and it's including me within it. Hmm? I'm on its agenda. So my whole orientation is changing. Hmm? Um, and in uh, and, and the diksha, the initiation, and so forth, the blessing we chant, this is the imparting of the Dibhyagyan. So uh, it, it's not like that. You can just get it from the internet and, and uh, get it from a book and so forth. And even reading the book should be done with the guidance of, of, a, of a guru, hmm? with the blessing of the guru. Um, so... So this can't be uh, avoided, and indeed, for that matter, uh, we need all the help we can get. So that help should be taken advantage of. We may have some reluctance to take shelter of the guru because of the misrepresentation that is um, out and about with regard to guru tattva. Hmm? But good things are worth imitating. Hmm? So... (laughs) means there's a good thing there because people are imitating that and it's, it has value and so forth. And it's not a new new thing that there may be some um, imitation of the real thing. That's been going on for a long time. People sometimes think you need an Indian guru because these Western gurus, you know, they're problematic. But there's no country per capita that has more bogus gurus than India. That's, uh, there are many of them there. Uh, so we search we must and search for the real thing. And what will be our instrument for making such a search? What will, be the, what will, what will aid us the most in that? That is our own sincerity of our search. Hmm? Truth attracts truth. Like attracts like. You have to be truthful hmm? and sincere. And, and, we, and, and, and some truth will come. Hmm? Hmm? Um, and 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 you should continue on that way. Some may help us to some point, and find then we may find they not be helpful. Hmm? Then we then we are difficult, to, but we have to be honest and sort that out, hmm? and proceed along the same lines that we that we began with. Hmm? And so there is a place, for example, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism where one has a Diksha Guru. And one finds that the Diksha Guru may be limited in knowledge and so forth. And, then there, and so then the Siksha Guru is possible, available to take shelter of and so forth. Hmm? And, um, and so it's, it's all um, uh, uh, how the truth comes to us in the form of Guru. This is Krishna's arrangement. We should take it like that and, and move progressively forward by proper understanding of Scripture. Indeed, this proper understanding of the scripture is very important. We stress it, uh, and it's important for practice. This kind of knowledge is important for our practice. For, for example, we, we are speaking about an important point here, that there's an offense called disrespect, disrespect, disrespecting the guru. And it's rampant in the world today, uh, in the community of Vaishnavas, where you find many people think, we don't need a guru. Hmm? We'll just have the previous guru who's already departed, and that'll be good enough for us, for example. Um, and this is to disrespect the whole principle of Guru Parampara. Hmm? Um, so, uh, so by understanding the philosophy, we can we can avoid this type of aparad. Um, indeed, we can avoid all aparads by by understanding the philosophy. In as much as attentive chanting, attentive practice, is the way to overcome offenses. And if you're attentive to what is the philosophy of what you're doing, hmm, obviously you will be much aided by way of doing it right rather than doing it wrong and making offense. Hmm. That's why this stage of steady bhakti called nishta hmm, is, speaks about intellectual absorption in Krishna consciousness, in Krishnanushilana. You have your physical, mental, but intellectual engagement also. Hmm? Nista is very much about nasta prayeshu abhadreshu nityam bhagavata seva, understanding the book, the Bhagavad. Hmm? Nityam bhagavata seva, studying very carefully the Bhagavad. Hmm? 
if the Vedanta Sutra is the, is, is the Nyaya Shastra of Vedanta, in a sense, the, the logical putting together of all these jungle of sounds that is the, the Upanishads, making sense out of them and showing how they are speaking a concerted message, then Bhagavatam, which is the natural commentary in the Vedanta, this is very logical. This will give us good reasoning for, for, for practice and so forth. And so being attentive to that, this, uh, this is what, uh, how we are, this is very uh, relative to the stage of, of nishta. Hmm? We either have to study Bhagavatam very carefully or we have to very much attach ourselves to the person Bhagavatam. Hmm? Um, whatever he or she says, we always go with that, something like that, to, um, and, and, and serve. Hmm? Serve the person Bhagavatam, serve the book Bhagavatam. Hmm? So this attentiveness then, we say attentive chanting. By attentive chanting, you will avoid offenses. By inattentive chanting, you will give rise to offenses. So one way of understanding this, as I say, is to understand what you're involved in, the teaching, understand that your faith will be, heart will be harmonized with your head by understanding the, the text. Prabhupada used to be fond of saying, and we have 60 books, and, and, and the idea was they, they, they were supposed to be reading them very, very carefully. Hmm? studying them, and relishing them, and so forth, uh, and informing their practice thereby. So if you, if you look at it very carefully, you'll see that when your pra- practice is informed, then the opportunity to make offenses to the name is, is, is minimized. Indeed, if I go through the list of offenses now, you'll think, well, I don't commit that one. I don't commit that one. Hmm? And... To, an ex- to a large extent, that may be true. And you'll see that these fences are speaking to people who don't have any sambandagyan. Hmm? For example, how many of you here think that the name of Krishna is equal to the names of the demigods? Are you going to make that offense? No. But you see, lack of sambandagyan, people will chant Harinam and think, yes, Hare Krishna is, Krishna is good. Shiva name, Durga name, doesn't make any difference. And they don't have the sambandha of nam tattva, of the nam dharma of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? What do they think that nam sankirtan, do you think that nam sankirtan is the same as making a horse sacrifice? <laughs> no, you don't think like that. Hmm? Because you have sambandha again. Hmm? You see? So if you go through them, you'll see for the most part, they will be overcome by having paying attention to the teaching. Hmm? That's why Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, chanting without sambandagyan doesn't bring much fruit because it's chanting largely in the context of making offenses to the name. The fruit you will get from that is, well, you could get psychological balance, you could get a a heavenly birth in your next life, uh, all within material perfections. Hmm? You come to Namabhas, then you can get mukti hmm? by a shadow, a semblance of the name. That means you're going beyond the uh, realm of material experience. And Sudanam, then you're going to get prem. Hmm? So Sudanam is our interest to cultivate that. And we want to avoid offenses. Hmm? And 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 uh, the, one of the main ways to do that is to pay attention. So, but there are some offenses that even paying attention used to be, you may you may commit. We we find I mean nobody here wants to offend Vaishnavas, but we find that people do that and they don't even realize. Well, because they don't realize they're doing it means they don't understand the philosophy very well. Very well, they don't understand the teaching. They're glorifying, for example, Prabhupada, in the name of glorifying him, they're offending other Vaishnavas. They haven't understood Guru Tattva. Hmm? So they're inattentive on that level, and, and this is fostering offense. Um, but um, it, 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 it's possible, hmm? knowing the philosophy, one could make some offense to Vaishnavas. So we, extra emphasis is given on this. And to, to follow the Guru, not disrespect the Guru, uh, so, Sadhuninda, Guru, Abhagya, to, uh, we'll go through them, um, see if we can remember them. Um, uh, then to, um, uh, well, we said one, to think the names of the demigods to be equal to Krishna. 
we do uh, Krishna kirtan. We don't really do Shiva kirtan uh, unless we do it thinking um, uh, Shiva is a particular manifestation of Krishna, and, but typically this isn't the case. And neither is it the case that we find Shiva or Durga or Ganesha asking for kirtan. Hmm? There's some mention of Shiva kirtan in the Shiva Purana and so forth, um, where, where, where bhakti is mentioned, but it's a different kind of idea of bhakti there, hmm? for the most part, that uh, sattviki bhakti that, that uh, lends to, uh, to mukti and so forth. But it's Krishna is the one who, 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 who emphasizes that my name is not different from me, hmm? Satatam kirtayantomam. This is what the lives of my devotees constant. They're always chanting about me. Uh, chanting kirtan um, is not a limb of gyan. It's not a limb of the yoga marg. It's yama niyama asana. These are the limbs. Kirtan is not mentioned there. There are limbs of the gyan marg, like vivek and so forth. Kirtan is not mentioned there, but it is an anga or a limb of the body of bhakti. Hmm? And um, and Krishna Kirtan is particularly for for Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's very uh, peculiar, actually, inaugurated as it was by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? I have experience in South India, where we installed some deities in in, in one of my godbrother's um, monasteries many years ago, and he invited some Madhva Brahmins who were nearby to do the yagya, and it was very beautiful and very elaborate what they did. And after it was over, then we took the deities from the yagya pit and put them on the altar, accompanied by Sankirtan, hmm? as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was doing. And these mudvas looked like we're from another planet. So we'd never seen any. What do you call that? We call it Sankirtan. Hmm? Uh, when, when Raj Pratapurudra was up on top of the palace, and Mahaprabhu, Sri Chaitanya Dev's associates were coming from Puri, or from Navadvip to Puri, hmm? and... Um, and uh, uh, Mahaprabhu was, was greeting them with Govinda and, and Sarupadamadar and so forth. Advaita was coming and this one. And, and, and Raj was asking who they were and Gopinath Acharya's brother-in-law hailing from Bengal and familiar with some of them, um, younger than Sarvabhum, who also hailed from Bengal, but he knew them. He said, this is so-and-so, this is Advaita, this is his qualities, his characteristics and so forth. And the king... The king, did I say the king? The king, Raj he was on the palace roof and he, and he, he was astounded at their, their kirtan. And he, this is Jagannath Puri, he's the king of Jagannath Puri, so Jagannath is a name means Lord of the Universe, so all kinds of people worship Jagannath. There are Buddhist, Buddhists that were, tantric Buddhists that see him as their deity, and people from all different religious persuasions within Hinduism and beyond Hinduism, and it's extended vitiated partial forms like Jainism and Buddhism and so forth, as I like to think of them. Um, so he has seen all kinds of worship, the king, all kinds of people coming on pilgrimage, worshiping Jagannath in different ways, and he's accepting hmm, to one extent or another. But he said, I've never seen any worship like this. What is this? And I believe it was the Bhattacharya Sarvabhama who turned to him and said, uh, this is... Um, um, we call this it's it's Tarnam Prem Sankirtan Chaitanya Shrishti. It is the Shrishti of Chaitanya. It is his own creation. We call it Prem Sankirtan. Hmm? It is accompanied by all these ecstatic symptoms that you're seeing them display and so forth. We're attracted to this. We imitate this, and we want we, we, imitation of a good thing is said to be a good thing too. Hmm. So, this will come uh, within us in Bhava Bhakti in due, in due course. And so, very uh, ex- extraordinary um, type of uh, uh, religious expression, Krishna Kirtan, hmm? and arguably this is what he's talking about in the Gita and his Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and encore appearance. Uh, he, he demonstrates it practically. Hmm? So this is our uh, dharma and um, our uh, focus on on Krishna Nam. Hmm? Um, uh, and so we don't think that the name of Krishna or Shiva Kirtan or Krishna Durga Kirtan is all the same. It doesn't matter. Hmm? 
then um, we, we don't think that the, the efficacy of the name, the, the mohima, the glories of the name that are listed in the scriptures, is an exaggeration. Hmm? Now, there are things, scripture does exaggerate. If you commit this sin, this will happen to you. So fear, fear is an impetus for religious life, and the scripture takes advantage of that. Hmm? And so it does say things like, if you do this, then all you're going to do, this is going to happen to you, and people go, okay, I'm going to avoid that. Hmm? Um, or just this once, and this will happen, and so forth. These kind of statements are made. There's some exaggeration with regard to fear and prospect. Hmm? What will happen to you if you don't, or what will happen to you if you do, and so forth. Uh, so the scripture takes that license. Um, you know, it has a purpose, and its ends is <laughs> justifies the means, I guess, it thinks something like that, hmm? in the world of misconception. So, uh, uh, with regard to the glories of the name that are mentioned, then there is no exaggeration. It has that power that at least in some instances it has been seen once chanting this will happen and so forth so it, it may not happen in all circumstances he's independent how much he wants to show himself but that power is there so this should give us faith in the name we should not think oh that's an exaggeration and a, that, that would be an offense hmm? and then we should not interpret the name this is another offense we should not give an interpretation a mundane interpretation of the name hmm? Um, we should not think, I said this one, that the name, uh, the chanting of the name, which is like uh, the sacrifice of Nam Kirtan, is equal to other Vedic sacrifices, like horse sacrifices or what, what not, for material gain. We shouldn't think of it like that. Um, we should not think that the name is... Pretty extraordinary, very extraordinary in its, in, its, in its capacity to purify one. Therefore, I can commit sin and then chant and then be no problem. I can do both. A little, I can deviate and then I'll chant. And so this, is, this kind of mentality will, will not be helpful. That will be offensive. And, um, and then uh, we should not, we should respect the, the sacred texts where this kind of knowledge is coming from, the Vedas should not be um, vilified. They, 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 it, it's difficult. Some, understand, some understanding of them is required. Otherwise, we will minimize them. We will vilify them. We will think they're crazy and, and out, out of, out of uh, touch or, or whatnot. You understand why they were written, what was the motive behind, what this particular text over here is saying, who it's ministering to, how it doesn't pertain to you, and that's why it doesn't make sense to you. And and so forth. Then you have to have, and this requires a guru to understand all these things. You have to understand, well, from the text you find out there are so many offenses, for example, for the deity worship, and you think, well, I don't, I don't, that doesn't make sense. If you look at them carefully, culturally speaking, too, they pertain to certain times, a place where people think if you do this to a human being, it would be offensive, and so forth. So this can be extended. There may be other offenses to the deity worship besides what's mentioned, for example. But so all this requires a guru, and the fact is, of course, that scripture is kind of a form of revelation that's ongoing, and and um, and new light will come. There is the Bhagwat, uh, you know, the Chaitanya Purana, the Chaitanya Bhagwat. Um, so it's the whatever the nineteenth Purana or something like that. Um, so. Then what else? Um, uh, we should not... Who's counting? Um, yeah, I have that one. Is there one? Is that, is that's the next one, right? There's, there's only two more, I think. So we should not preach... Do you think of one? Rolling with the iron for a dog. Yeah, that's the ninth, tenth one, usually. So I think those are the only two left. Uh, so one should not commit... We should not give the name to... The faithless. So this is an offense that the, that the guru could commit. So you should he he because he, he's the giver of the name, hmm? in the in the form of giving the bless giving the blessing for chanting. And so so if he says, well, um, 
that guy is pretty well off. If I, and if I get him as my disciple, I will have a good retirement plan. So um, I will give him the name, something like that. Hmm. I like to tell the story of Gorky Shordas Babaji in this regard, who was a famous Siddha Purusha and a very wealthy man in Bengal who had everything socially, um, didn't have a guru to pull out in the social group and say, this is my guru. So he needed that in place also for his social life to be complete. So he thought, I will become the student of Gorkashore. Everyone says that he's a Siddha Purusha. So Gorkashore, meanwhile, was living out in a field where people would come and pass stool hmm? and so that people wouldn't bother him. And he could, and for him, in his consciousness, there was no difference between stool and gold. Hmm? So, so this guy went there and, and, and Babaji Maharaj entertained his, his request and uh, he said, I would like to be your disciple. And whatever you ask me, I will give. And he thought, I'm a wealthy guy. This guy's living in a field. I could, you know, does he want a hut, a house, you know, so I can provide that. So this is not a problem. Mm-hmm. So whatever you want, any request, I will fulfill. So Babaji Mar said, yes, all right, I will accept you as my guru or my disciple. And I only have one request of you. Yes, what is that? He's tell me, Guruji. He said that you stay here with me <laughs> and live in the stool fields. <laughs> so he ran away from the place. <laughs> so, Guru is uh, not to be uh, purchased, and the name is not to be not a commodity to sell for our material uh, well-being, for our life insurance plan, or our pension, or our retirement uh, uh, rice and chapatis in our old age type of thinking. Hmm. So, and then the last offense is that the, the name reveals himself progressively, and in the beginning, of course, he reveals himself by way of showing us, making it clear to us, this is where you're holding holding back, and you should let go. Hmm. And so, when we resist that, and, and, and then we are... As Krishnangi said, we're keeping the anchor down and we're trying to row the boat at the same time. That's, you're not going to get to the other side hmm, by that. So we have to, with a little bit of openness, hmm, to let go hmm, when it becomes apparent and, um, and go forward progressively with our, with our practice. So these are the ten offenses to be avoided. And then I've talked about three stages, the Namabhas, all these things are part of the Nam Dharma, Nam Tattva, to be understood, and it's uh, constructive, obviously, to speak about them on this um, occasion. Hmm. So, uh, with that, what is the time? Okay, with that, we'll uh, stop with a brief Nam Mohima. I'll say one other thing, that the name, of course, in the Hare Krishna mantra is in the, in the vocative case, and the names in the Diksha mantra that are couched in there of, of Krishna are in the dative case. Hmm? And so, um, dative case means suppl- implies supplication, and this will very much help us in, in, with uh, the uh, culture of Sharanagati, the Diksha mantras will reach efficacy at a certain point, but the name in the vocative case will continue on. So it, it, it reaches down to, the, to anybody and everybody and takes one to the highest realm. And it's in between, at my discretion, then those who, for example, you're getting Harinam, then you'll get the Diksha mantras on another occasion. When I see you're chanting and practicing and so forth. So... With that, then, there are five ingredients or elements of the diksha. We call them what? Pancha samskar? Pancha samskar. And that is nam, pundra, tapa, yagya, and mantra. Hmm? So, one of our students will receive the diksha mantra, hmm? and then I will give in your right ear. Hmm? And um, also, I will give Hare Krishna Mahamantra, Nam Mantra, in your right ear. 
and uh, and and you will not receive receiving the Diksha mantra, but you will get Hare Krishna, Maha mantra, and Yagya. Yagya means uh, sacrifice. Means who gets the Diksha mantra is becomes qualified to participate in the in the in the, in archan and deity worship because the mantra corresponds with the deity and it will be used in the context of the realm of ritual and the deity worship. So, um, for yourself, who's not receiving the Diksha Mantra, then you're getting, a, we can say, entrance into the Sankirtan Yagya. Hmm? So Yagya is there, uh, Mantra is there in both cases, and then there's the the, the fun part, the Tapa. <laughs> the Tapa means penance, austerity, and in previous times and in other sampradayas, hmm, the tapa example, for example, involves branding oneself with the symbols of Vishnu, like tattooing. I know it's popular, but I, I've heard it's painful too. Uh, so they, they, they had, I guess, a less sophisticated form in the past, and they would take a like a you know like a brand to brand an animal and stick it in the fire, and then there you go, you got you're, you belong to Vishnu. So we. Our tapa is more fun than that, <laughs> as I mentioned. So we'll proceed with that first. Um, please come forward. And um, our, our, our tapa is that we will brand ourself with the name of Krishna by way of writing it hmm, on our body hmm, with the tilak, hmm? Rupi Chandan. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's a little hard to distinguish, <laughs> but I did write it on there. And then Pundra. Pundra means actually wear the tilak, this, this, uh, this kind of upward tilak, sign of the, uh, Vishnu, Vishnu Bhakti Om, Keshavaya Namaha. Yes, so you have the tapa, pundra, and I'll also give you these neck beads. Kuntimala, hmm. neck bead of Tulsi. These are ornaments, jewelry of the Vaishnav. That looks very good on you. Um, so let's see, mantra. Yeah, we have to give you the mantra. We have to give you a name, also, and so um, with that, I'm going to give you these beads. I've chanted on these beads, and you will chant on the beads yourself. And you start with the big. You can see here. There's a big bead, and it goes down to a small bead, like a tree. It starts at the trunk, gets big, and then it's small at the top. And the fruits are at the top. So you start at the bottom, go to the top, pick a fruit, and go back down, and then go back up, something like that. And this bead is not chanted on. These are chanted on. You chant Mahamantra on each bead with the thumb and the um, middle finger. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari 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 Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. You can chant out loud. You can chant whispering so that only yourself can hear. Or you can chant in the mind. Haridas hmm. Thakur, our teacher, he said he chanted 300,000 times uh, and 100,000 out loud, 100,000 names uh, whispering and 100,000 mentally. So... Now you're going to have to pick a certain number of rounds. There's a, I, there's a, I want a commitment to, to chant, um, and that will be part of the parameters that you, you know, live within that I spoke. Uh, vows we should take that we can that we can we can keep is that's important. When we can't keep them, then it's artificial. Prabhupada makes this point uh, strongly in his um, nectar of devotion. When with regard to chanting, so one should not make a vow one can't keep. So what? How many rounds will you chant? Okay, that's uh, with all these numbers are beginning. Then, as the taste increases, then you increase the chanting. 
All right, so, so also you should avoid the things that are said to breed um, um, a life that is uh, antithetical to um, to bhakti. Um, this is mentioned in the Bhagavatam, the Raj Parikshit, who was seeing the oncoming of the of the Kali Yuga, as is thought of, um, was. Um, uh, dealt with the personification of Kali by giving him a place to stay where there would be intoxication and gambling uh, and, um, and gambling means you know, trying to beat the system and not having an honest type of occupation and so forth. Um, so, uh, and then um, uh, it said uh, prostitution or licentiousness with regard to the sexual uh, or your sexual orientation that should be harnessed you should have a, a, a partner something like that and, 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 and make it meaningful hmm? beyond um, the mere um, uh, animality of it so to speak um, and then um, what was the other one Jiva Himsa. Hmm. Yeah. Did I say intoxication? No, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, should, I did that, so I shouldn't be avoid that. Uh, and then um, and then to be kind to others, and particularly that, uh, that one of the ways in which, prominent ways in which we do that is uh, we advocate the students must partake of vegetarian diet, right? So, no problem there. Okay? Yeah, of course. Okay, so your mate, I will give you the beads, I'll give you the mantra, the Harinam. Hare Om, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Then I'll give you the main Diksha mantra, and you'll come afterwards, and I'll give you others and some instruction. Your name is Prem Das. Prem Das. Prem Das Prem Das Kijai here. Is it your bag? Okay. It's a nice name. Okay. Come. Next. Okay. So, it's coming out good. Krishna. <laughs> This is the fun part. <laughs> okay. Om Keshavaya Namaha. Hi. Very beautiful. Okay. It would be a long sequence. <laughs> okay. There you have your decorated Sadaka Deha. Okay, so you've been chanting, right? How long have you been listening to me, my lecture? Um, for one year. One year. Yeah, I've been mm. chanting for four years. Chanting for four years. Okay. Okay, so how many rounds will you chant? Okay. And if you have time and taste, then you will increase. Yeah. Right? That's a good good number to start with. So, let me give you the... Um, Your name is Shinam Dasi. Shinam. Shinam means holy name. It means also the name of Krishna, animated by the influence of of Radhika. Okay. Shinam Dasi Mataji Ki. Okay. Very good. So. We ask all the Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis to give their blessing to these uh, students and uh, pray for their their progress. Take a minute, please, now, to so think about them and how you wish them well. This will be good for them. Okay? Jai Vaishnavrinda ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai.
बहुत प्रेमानंदे